We the bestest cast with the left twist. Not fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox trying to get down White Sox, Dave, Kenny Carkey, and Dante. It seems like we're going back in time because Kenny's out again with the baby doctor or some shit. But thankfully, we have a guest host in his stead this week. The cigarette smoking, song singing, Chris Castellani on the podcast. Chris, how are you, buddy? Thanks for having me, guys. I love how I, after one cigarette, I'm now the cigarette smoking Chris yep. Castellani. Uh, hold on. Let me do. All right, Colin, you're from Northeast Philly, but you're also a pussy. So um, this could go one of two ways. I'm going to assume you've smoked a cigarette before. Yes. Dante. Maybe not because he's a little pretty boy bitch here and there. Yeah. <laughs> I have smoked cigarettes. Not I've smoked probably 20 in my entire life. Um, spanning like ever. Yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> that's not a lie. I've seen you smoke 20 myself in bars. <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe. Cigarettes inside don't count. Cigarettes inside don't count. Maybe a little more than 20. You're Nevertheless. A, so you're, you're one of those people that smokes when they drink, though. That's okay. No, I'm not. They don't exist. They, they, don't, if, they don't exist. I, that, that's, that, that was the first response I got was drunk cigs don't count. They don't. Like, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I've only seen you drink. I've only seen you smoke when you drink. I, I've never seen you like at the office be like, I need to go outside and, and smoke. No, no, no. no. I, there was a girl I dated for a while that smoked and I would smoke to because of her. But yeah. only here and there. It wasn't it wasn't much. I mean, probably I have to because. Oh, kissing a girl that smokes is the grossest fucking shit ever. Oh, you're such a pussy, dude. So if you gotta it if you bad. gotta do that, you probably just gotta fu- you probably just gotta bite the bullet and smoke yourself. Well, Dave, what's your point here? My <laughs> point is is that even if I had never even smoked a single dart in my entire life, I'd still know how to smoke it and Chris did, <laughs> which is hilarious. Because he's lighting it like out here. You're supposed to like inhale as you light. And what this, was Chris, where did the, the inspiration come from? Well, it came from the video and it came from the fact that, and it started with Dante's comment, which was, uh, you know, in the, the music, the lip dub video I did for, uh, you know, my prerogative where it, I, and I tweeted this out at like the 40 something second mark of that video, you can spot the exact moment in which I went, shit, I've never lit a cigarette. And it's the greatest irony of all time because I worked at a gas station for two years. I handed people cigarettes. Like, that was the hardest part you were, of the You were a cigarette dealer. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> if, if you've ever seen the movie Clerks, yep. where, like, every five, every five seconds, somebody goes, pack of cigarettes, pack of cigarettes, pack of cigarettes. That was my life for two years. And it was, it was ironic that despite that entire time, I, I never lit one up and never bought a pack. And so, like, I, I came home and I'm like, all right, let's do this. Um, now I was inside my house, so I wasn't gonna do like a full light up just because I, you know, I, I want, I didn't want the smell. But um, I had to keep the footage. And then the next day, I'm like, you know, I still have a substantial amount of cigarettes just lying <laughs> around my house, and I paid money for these, so I don't know what to do. And I'm like, all right, well, let's, you know, content's content. Let's see what I can do with this. And um, that's what ended up uh, ended up happening with that video. How fucking ironic would it be if you just got addicted to cigarettes from doing these fucking videos? You know what's funny? It, it takes so that, long to do that. We, we had, well, one of our, our big, like, uh, Tigers Twitter people commented and said, I mean this with, with so much love. 
but it would be my favorite thing ever if five years from now we found out that you got completely addicted to <laughs> just smoking Dude. cigarettes after this one video. I mean, I don't think it'll happen. You know, it's one, it's one of those things, though, where it's like I, I'm not like I'm not really philosophically against anything, but it was it was just one of those bizarre things where I, I went back through like the Rolodex of my life. And I'm like, how did this like not one time? Strange. Like I was I was hanging out with. uh you know, like I, 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 I uh, went to visit my grandmother like three weeks ago and she told me that she never had a taco. And so we ended up buying her one. And it's like, it was one of those things where it's even possible. Like I can see cigarettes. That's like a carcinogen. Taco was the last word I expected out of your mouth. There. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, Midwest, man. I mean, it's a sheltered life, but it was, it was one of those things where, uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely wanted to do something with it. And I still, I mean, I still have a few. I don't know. We'll see if I, yeah, if I light one up later at some point. But uh, yeah, dude, just midway through this conversation, just start smoking inside. That would be. I, I was that. I, I was thinking about it, but I think I'll probably. It's a rock I'll and roll podcast, probably. dude. It's a rock and yeah. roll podcast for sure. Uh, yeah. Real quick, uh, Dante, go ahead. I'll tell you what I'm interested in learning is what inspired you to pick my prerogative as the song. Um. Good question. I've done this, like just a quick history. I started doing these and it's been a long journey. Um, it, this started my like junior year of high school. It was December and I'm obsessive with dates, but December, I don't know, 20th, 2012. Not that that matters. It was my junior year of high school. And um, we were on vacation at uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. And I just, I, I was just bored. Like, like I, I had my iPad and I'm like, let's see what I can do with this. And I think the first one was It Wasn't Me by Shaggy. Love it. And um, Love the it. thing is with all, of, and I've done that one, I've done, uh, I did Berserk by Eminem, which hasn't been posted, Classic by MKTO, Shake by Jesse McCartney. And I think there's another one that I'm missing. But um, the thing is to make a good one of those, it has to be a song that is like insanely energetic. And the one thing about like Bobby Brown as a performer and that song in particular is like, that thing's like that, that song is driving a hundred miles per hour down the freeway. Like there's no, there's no break <laughs> with that song. Like you can't do like, there's songs that I love, like, I don't know, like, like, uh, uh, I don't know, shit, like, like my favorite song of all time is Iris by the Goo Girls. That's not a good music video song. No. Um, because it, it's a great song. Um, and it has a good music video, but like, if you're going to do something in your house, it's too much of a power ballad. Like it's too, it's too powerful. It's too like meaningful. That's Great. a song where like you can super get into it. Um, and it's funny because I came up with the idea. I woke up cause I was at Greek town casino uh, in Detroit for the weekend. And I woke up on Monday morning and I was staying at my buddy's place and I was driving home and I, you know, my, like my, my head felt like it'd been fucking hit by a bunch of hammers and I, I'm driving back and I'm, I'm list, I'm sifting through my music library being like, not this one, not this one, not this one, not this one. And I came across my prerogative and I'm like, this, this can work. Uh, I, I think we can do something with this. And so immediately I got home and I'm like, all right, let's, let's, let's see what we got. And um, it, was, it was one of those things. Cause there's uh, it's a running theme on my Twitter. I have what I call the Castellani vault, which is um, I don't know what podcast I said this on, but like, there's this, like, if, if you know anything about Prince, he said that he has 200 hours of unused documentary footage. Yeah. Never yep. released. Uh, well Chris aware. Castellani is the same way where there are things <laughs> that none of you will ever see going back to when I was like 12, 13. So when I filmed it, I'm like, is this good enough to release? And I sent it to a few of my buddies, like, is this uploadable? And the first, the first response was all caps with like a million exclamation points. Yes, 
yes, <laughs> yes. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's roll with it because you put it on Twitter, it's permanent. And uh, oh, thankfully, yeah. people were responding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> here's the thing when you, so. I was I didn't want it to come off as like give Chris all the Grammys like I was making fun of you and as soon as I read all oh, the, I loved it I loved quote it, yeah. tweets but yeah. there is such a fine line for doing something like that between mm-hmm. being just completely cringeworthy mm-hmm. and being completely endearing and awesome and it's much harder to fall the good way than the bad way yeah. and you nailed it. And it was perfect. It was so corny, but so perfect. I loved every single second. Dave, I got 10 G's just waiting in Venmo right now. If you'll bust out one of these, but you got to do it shirtless and I get to pick the song. I, I wouldn't because the entire internet would be like, this is not it. <laughs> yeah. This is not and the time I, to do I that. couldn't, I couldn't toe that line. Well at all ever. It would be cringeworthy. Chris, on the other hand, he hit a home run. It was, it was touch them all. <laughs> it was great. It's because Chris has an innocence to him. Dave, they would just fucking tear you to shreds, dude. Oh yeah. But Dante, real quick, there was something you just kind of touched on. We've never fully touched on this, but Chris, you brought up Prince in his vault. Yeah. Dante, can you please explain to why you said that? Dude, I've been, since he passed away, rest in peace, mm-hmm. um, I've been praying, praying, praying that the estate cracks this open. Mm-hmm. He was such a perfectionist yeah. that he would record hours and hours and hours and 99% of what he would record, yeah. he would be like, this is never going to see the light of day. And his producers would not just burn it or re-record over it. They would put it away and be like, this is unbelievable stuff. But Prince was super, super strict about copyright. and yep. all, So none of this shit ever got leaked. I actually got sued by Prince's. That's estate. where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> Did you um, really? Yeah. They're, they're I forgot about, this. about his logo and his name and all that. They're super. It's Paisley. Paisley Palace, I think, is the name. Paisley of Park. Paisley Park is the name of his estate. And uh, uh, even in his death, they're like really, really hmm. hands on about his brand. Ha- have um, you ever but, have you ever heard the story about where him and Nas had a conversation and they were talking about music industry stuff and. Prince said, don't even speak to me till you own your masters. Until then, we cannot have a conversation because wow. you're not on the same level as me. That's Dude, how fucking serious he was. They, I, I think Chris is being conservative and saying that he has like 200 hours. I think it's like thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands of <laughs> well, hours. Well, that, that, that 200 hours was uh, where I got that from was the, the film director, Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. told the whole mm-hmm. story about how he did a documentary with Prince and it never saw the light of day. At the time, he said 200 hours, but this was 1997. Yeah, so, so there's, there's another 19 years of footage right. that we probably never saw. Yeah, you're right. And isn't that crazy? Like that's like that's like another perfectionist I know, Dave Portnoy. We had a <laughs> we had a huge documentary team come in. I think the third year of the Blackout tour, and they approached us and were like, "We just want to follow you guys around and film because." this should be on reality TV. And he was like, okay, do it. And they were going to pitch it. They filmed, I think like fucking something crazy, like 40 hours worth of, of shit. They packaged it together. It, it was awesome. They showed it to Dave. Dave hated it and was like, this is never going to see the light of day wow. and shelved it. Fuck. Yeah. It's too bad because, uh, do you think he'd, uh, he'd release it now just as like not a nostalgia play, but like, look how far we've come play. 
No, because I think the reason he hated it is because he looked terrible in it. He was fat, big, <laughs> bloated. Um, he didn't. He wasn't Mister Swagger that he is now. So I don't he, don't lie though. There there have been times in everybody's creative journey where like something might be good, but you look at the footage or the pictures or something, and you're like, I look like trash. Dude, I, I, looked, this is. Oh, I was yeah. like, I was like thirty pounds heavier than I am now. I, I was like unrecognizable, disgusting. Oh, by the way, we didn't talk about this, but I can't believe I fucking blurted out that text in the group chat of fat me as a kid. That's a bad picture. Tough, dude. Look, tough look for you, dude. Dude, I had bleach blonde hair. I was like 11. <laughs> uh, and I had a fake gold chain with a guitar with diamonds in it around my neck <laughs> at a fucking water park in Hershey. That's uh, so Philly. Yeah, I'm I was a fat kid, dude. I was hey, it. I before we get off topic though, I wanted to I wanted to ask Chris and I got sidetracked on the Prince thing. Who edited that video? Because if it was you, you are very multifaceted and talented. There was nobody else involved in the video except me. You, you hell yeah. You cut that up and edited that. That was really fucking good, Chris. Yeah. yeah. That was between you and Bobby Brown. That's it. it exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I've um I this is one thing in like I I I, I have had a producer before who now uh, works for Barstool. Shout out Matt, Matt Hankel. But um, I have never had an editor outside of myself since I was 12 years old. Um, I, I've edited every video that I've ever done. Um, I, How, was, how'd you learn? You just taught yourself? Yeah, you have to. At a certain point, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, I go back and watch my old, and by old, I mean like middle school videos where there was no editing and so much, you know, stumbling over yourself. But I mean, eventually, yeah. I mean, it start, it started in, you know, middle school with windows movie maker. And eventually you just kind of, you, you know, you go through the steps of, of figuring, uh, of figuring that out. But no, that was, uh, that was my whole thing. I, I mean, I, I love, you know, my original passion before you know, Barstool, before any of this was, I wanted to make movies. That was actually originally, you know, before I dropped out was what I went to college for. I love, movie making. I love the process of making films and creating stuff. And so um, I am, that's a big thing that bothers me in so many movies and music videos is I hate bad editing. I hate mm. obvious cuts. I hate like when somebody's out of like in one, in one shot in this frame, and then they're in another shot in another frame. So um, no, that was, uh, that was, that was my whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I uh, thought I can't, exactly remember the timetable but i put that entire thing together in about three hours um, fuck yeah dude yeah well because I, I i cut out like i'll do four or five takes and then when i know it's right i delete every other take and i'm like all right we're done with this one um <laughs> so, so that's why yeah i, dude, I was, we we need I'm to get you we need to get you doing these with other barstool personalities like just dude, yes that's a fucking brilliant idea brilliant idea and also you need to link with michelangelo man you Make guys are like yeah yeah, no, I, I'd love to. I mean, I, it was, it's funny. If I, if I ever moved to Chicago, I think one of the big, like, you know. Chris, I'm you're here. invited, just so you know. Like, if you want in when the mass exodus is here, I'm, you're invited. Fuck yeah. It's, it's been talked about. And I, I would love to. You that's can sleep in Dave's bathtub that has a hole in it. No, <laughs> it's, it's, it's brand new now. I mean, I, my, my, brother, my brother lives on the north side, so, like, I'd sleep on his floor, honestly, to work with you guys. But that would be – even if it's just a short thing, that would be funny as shit to do, like, a, a, a small little collab of, like, a music video of all of us together. It'd be great. Dude, my band's dropping a new, new song in November. By the way, send it to Dante. Dante's a fan. Uh, I liked it. It was good. Dude. Um, Very good. It's, that, a, it's, a, it's a radio hit. 
I have. A, I was just gonna tell you, I have some some big fucking people involved in this now. Um, I gotta I gotta talk to you guys off air about this, but a lot of good shit moving in that direction. Also, I got a call from Rob Gross, friend of the podcast yesterday. I think me and Rob are gonna do some shit together, which is fun. But uh, this is not here nor there. Castellani should do the video. Which is fucking not me. Like wow. ju- just you do a fucking lip sync video to the video, and I'll make that the official music video. I'd be I'd be so down for that. Yeah, totally. Just make that the Dude, official music yes, video. Yes, Colin. Yes, 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 yes. I right. love that. But Dave has to be in it and shirtless. This these are my rules. These is this is, this is, this is <laughs> my in. rule. All right, Vince, say no more. Um, Let me know how hard I got to hit the Peloton, and I'm in. All right, say less, dude. Um, there's a lot to talk about this week. And me, we were talking about this before we got on. And by the way, Chris, I'm fucking so happy you're here, dude. You're a positive energy that Kenny doesn't bring. I always enjoy having other people besides Kenny on here because he's just a fucking wet blanket. By the way, for anybody who was listening to like uh, last week's episode with Johnny Congos, we were having the fucking therapy session. Uh, Kenny literally looked like someone was ripping his teeth out of his head. Like we were getting deep about life. And Kenny was just like this is fucking stupid. And there, the whole time I was like, yo, you all right? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm like, you don't like this, do you? You think Kenny's got like an, like an anti-therapy thing? I don't know. Dante was there. I think he's just miserable. I do too. He's yeah. got children. So what do you expect? But um, <laughs> on a positive note, I saw the best touring band in the world last night. No lie, no bullshit. Dante talked about this earlier this week. I saw the Killers, Wells Fargo Center, Philadelphia. I likened that concert to seeing Top Gun 2. It was fucking two and a half hours wow. of just fun. There was no bullshit, no filler, barely any talking, explosions left and right. Three hours of just hits. Hit, 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 hit. Brandon Flowers is an absolute fucking monster. Ronnie, their drummer, completely amazing, underrated. Amazing showman, dude. Amazing oh showman. my God. And I've seen them. I stood side stage for the Killers of Firefly when we played before them. I've seen them before. This was different. I was in a 24,000-person stadium, and I literally felt like I was in the front row. Like, the whole... It felt like I was in a club. It was fucking incredible. Dante, have you seen them before? Dude, fuck yeah. I um I saw them at Lala, I think, 2015, 2016. And it was the first time I've been to a Lala, Lala performance that went over the curfew. And I think it was um, because Rahm Emanuel was such a huge fan that he told them before their set, like, just fucking just play go. as long as you want. Also, my, it was not the same year that our friend from the Black Keys shook Rahm's hand and noticed That's he was the best story the of all time. Yeah. Great story. But uh, Arby's, shouts out Arby's. Yeah, dude. No, they just kept going and going and going. And people were like, this is fucking awesome. Like, this is never going to end. And it felt like it was never going to end. And like you said, I knew how big they were and how great of a band they were. And I was shocked at how many just bangers they had. Um, Also, their drummer is a monster. Ronnie's one of the most underrated drummers Uh, alive. Unbelievable drummer. Unbelievable. That, That was my two takeaways. Just on an aesthetic point, I love the fact that Brandon Flowers is the most handsome man alive and wears like sparkly bedazzled blazers. And his drummer looks like he works uh, like fucking bro. graveyard shift at a construction bro. site. Bro. And he you just know, wears a black t-shirt. You know who every time I see him, I think of, and I never even watch the show. I just connect the two is the guy from My Name is Earl. Yes. 
<laughs> he's Jason Alexander. He looks yeah. like Jason Alexander. They look like, like the same. Wait. They look like the same Wait. person. Jason the drummer. Alexander's Costanza. Yeah, Jason. No, Jason. No, Jason Alexander. Oh, you're right. No, it's Jason Lee. Jason Lee. Jason oh, Lee. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, From what if he looked like? What if he look? Yeah, what if he looked like fucking Jason look Alexander? The two of them together. I was they like, look, yeah. they look like fucking brothers, dude. Uh, but I the whole time I was watching it, Brandon Flowers for some reason has not aged whatsoever. He fucking looks like Tom Cruise a little bit, and it freaks he's, me out. He's a stud. He's an absolute yeah. stud, dude. But I will say, top to bottom, dude, the first five songs, they just dropped their foot to the fucking gas pedal and went for it. Like, they played, like, two new songs. They played a lot of the shit from Imploding the Mirage, which is a record that I absolutely love. But it was like watching Top Gun 2. It was just fun. There was no bullshit. Everybody had a great fucking time, and they played the songs you wanted to hear. Uh, and I know I said Nathaniel Rateliff the week before was the best live show I've seen in a long time. That was fucking remarkable. Remarkable. If we're ranking, at least in my lifetime, debut albums, I mean, can, are there five that are better than theirs? Than right. Hot Fuss? Absolutely yeah, not. I, I, I can't. I, are there three that are better? I, I mean, that was, I remember being like, I was young and that was, that like shook up the entire world when it came to, to music. When, and, and, and what, you know, what's bizarre is that it's one of those albums that in hindsight got way better. Like yes. Mr. Yeah. Brightside was a song that got this second wind like a decade later. Like I'm, I'm a huge University of Michigan football fan. Me we too. Play it, we play it in the middle of the third quarter every single week now. Like it's one of those songs that has been everlasting. I bitched like, about that song constantly. Listen, right? it, constantly. It, it, it's, it's more like why, and I get it. I like the song. It's that I think that it's kind of gotten beaten to death. If you've well, ever been to if you've ever been to a white person's wedding, you will hear that song at the right. wedding. You'll it's, hear that will. song at any fucking dive bar that you walk into. At a you know what's a cool you know what's a cool fact, uh, fun fact about that song. This is like one of the things I love about Twitter is when people actually provide constructive, like positive shit, which yeah. is very and rare. It's just very rare. What very website rare. are you on, dude? Very, <laughs> I know, very rare. But I. I posted the thing about the, the killer show and somebody got to talking about bright side and someone was bashing on it. Like Dave just was, you know, I don't bash on it. I think that people play it too much. Whatever. Probably and, but somebody commented and I was, I was in the comment. So I saw it and said, it's crazy that Brandon flowers wrote that song when he was in high school. Right. I didn't I was like, know that. Wait, wait. I was like, wait, wait, what? So then I looked at, I looked it up. And I never knew that. Like he fucking wrote that song when he was like 17 years yeah. old, which is crazy. How about how crazy it is? That wasn't the first single. That was like the third single off that. Record. Right. It's so funny that that became the most pop. I think it was Glastonbury where he did a little soliloquy where he said, yeah, this was the first song I wrote for this album. And it was just kind of like, he didn't say it was a whatever song, but this was not like our lead off single. And it ended up becoming, you know, what it became. It's, it's really interesting. And, and, you know, going back to Dave's point, like, especially in Michigan and stadium stuff like Mr. Brightside is now going and I love it. It's one of my favorite songs. It's going to be the next living on a prayer. The next yep. don't stop believing the next song that you hear yep. every, every halftime, every like big stadium anthem. Yep. Um, and it's, it, it's weird. Cause it's a song that's written with such sincerity, yeah. but it's now, it's now this new anthem. And that, that is what my issue is. Christopher. Thank you. It, it doesn't <laughs> need it's, let it let it be. Let, let it, it breathe a little need bit. To be the stadium song, but it doesn't but need to be that. You you are right. But I saw a comment one time, and I can't remember who it was. I apologize, but somebody made a point about that song that I think the reason it's so everlasting is because it's one of the only songs in the world that is both 
incredibly uplifting and incredibly depressing at the same time. And I think that's why so many people connect with it the way that they do. You, you can listen to that song in a shitty mood and listen to that song when you're at the high point of your life and feel the exact same. Dude, I wow. feel like that is the killers summed up wow. package in a ball. Like you just, you just nailed exactly their sound They're, The songs are like energetic and mm -hmm. you feel them. And then you listen to the lyrics. You really listen to the lyrics mm -hmm. and you're like, wow, this is depressing as fuck. Like, you yeah. can tell they're from Las Vegas. Well, like, what's, what's really interesting, too, about the Killers is, and something I noticed last night, is every time I hear a different Killer song, it's hard to pinpoint their exact influences because they really do have a sound all to their own, but there's yeah. moments where I get Springsteen, then there's moments I get the Smiths, then there's moments I get, like, Depeche Mode. And the, good. So Flowers, for this last album, said it was totally influenced by i forget the springsteen album of nebraska maybe oh are you talking about pressure machine the one that was very yes. quiet and sad oh that has yes. to be nebraska because so yeah not this last one but he he talked about how that's like his dream you know collab you know they did it have you heard the springsteen killer song oh yeah yeah yeah. dustland uh, fairy tale yeah yeah oh, but they, they did that last night and i thought bruce was gonna come out and i almost fucking shit my pants <laughs> that would yeah. that would have been that would have been sick. Now here, the reason I really brought up the Killers though is because I have a question, and it's a thought that I had last night. We talked about this with certain other bands, but the Killers are classic rock in five years. Like realistic, yeah. all right, so they're they're fifteen years old at this point. Hot Foss came out in two thousand five, so they're almost seventeen years old. That band will tour until they're eighty because they have the hits and they have that fan base. Who else is future classic rock? Like, who will be touring in 20 to 30 years? Because I have, like, a couple bands, but there's not... There's a couple of easy ones, for sure. Well, I think of, like, Fall Out Boy can probably still tour forever. Yeah. They have they have that fan base. Ah, see, I don't know. Like, are we talking stadium tours or, like, playing festivals that it's prepackaged? You know you're getting a, a turnout no matter what. Well, I think like, you have to almost look at the emo era, and that's where you'll be able to pick right. it out because people have that fucking connection to those that, That's true. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. Because you can bring up like the Strokes and you can bring up Kings of Leon and you can bring up bands I like mean, that. Chili Peppers are going to be playing till they're yeah, going like, to the Stones. But they're, they're, they're already classic. They, they were they were nineties like. But I mean, they're eighty. They're going to be they're going to be yeah, playing yeah. when they're sixty years old though. I yeah. mean, Ketis and Flea are going to be up there like Mick and. Hundred uh, percent. Are, are, are we just are we talking straight bands, Colin? Or are we talking like like live bands artists? right now? Because then okay. we can go into hip hop because hip hop's entering its first right. classic rock era. But I, I'm saying I have I have one and a half. One unfortunately cannot continue because of tragedy. Lincoln Park, I think, would have. Yeah, I actually like, agree with that. Had you know, obviously, I mean, R.I.P. Chester Bennington. I think they would have lasted. But one that I think will endure a little bit longer than people think is Panic at the Disco. I agree. Because that was one of the ones I, I was going to yeah, say. I think Brendan Urie, um, even though the band itself is kind of like the, a lot of their members are discontinued a little bit, he's such a great performer. Yep. And I think that he he kind of reinvented himself. And, you know, they went a little bit more pop with uh, Death of a Bachelor and especially the, the album that came after that, that I think like he could be somebody that like, I think he'll have a Vegas show one day. Yes. You know, performing, you know, I write sins, not tragedies. Um, at some point. So those are, those are like the, the, that one is kind of the one that stands out like right away as a potential, like long-term option. They were playing, they're playing the stadium in Philly in two days. So it's literally, right. we're watching yeah. these classic rock tours starting to happen now. Yeah. But it is fucked up to think that 2005 is now starting to show 
yeah. what could be classic rock because to kids that is old. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Is there, Dave or Dante, is there anybody else you can think of from like that early 2000s era that could possibly be? Oh, uh, okay. I thought you were just talking about rock and roll music in general. I was like, okay, well, we're, we haven't even discussed Pearl Jam and Foo Fighters who will tour until they're... Well, Foo right. Fighters for fucking sure. Ghosts, yeah. I mean, but I'm thinking um, like some of these bands are already on classic but, rock stations. All right, so, all right, I got I got, I got a bone to pick about that. Good. Do you... Pre-Hawkins passing away, I would agree with that. I don't... That's I, the only thing, yeah. Who are they going to replace him with? And His son. I was gonna say simple answer, Shane. Yeah. Dude, he's too young. Like you can't, you can't take a sixteen-year-old kid like out on the road for fucking, you know, three hundred fifty days a year. Like no, they'll find someone in, like, until he will eventually, yeah, until they deem him ready. I mean, dude, they they basically just held tryouts if they wanted to. They had the second Taylor Hawkins tribute show at the Forum in L.A. last night. Dude, everybody came out. Matt Cameron came out. Uh, they had Danny Carey, the drummer from Tool, came out. Mm-hmm. But the person I really think it will be is when the Chili Peppers go after this tour. I think Smith. that Chad Smith will wind up drumming. He kind of like wow. was the leader of that last night. And I said from the beginning, Chad Smith makes the most sense. I think he has the closest relationship to the band. I could 100% see Chad Smith going on tour with the Foo Fighters. But I do not think that they're done. What would key this in? And like, how to explain to me how that would even work. Well, I mean, if they're done touring, like if they, like if they go on a big tour, because they have been touring pretty heavily throughout baseball stadiums this summer. Yeah, they have. The yeah. Chili Peppers take a break. They're they're in between tours, and the Foo Fighters schedule something between. They take a boatload of money and say, Chad Smith, come drum for us. Simple. It's easy like that. Okay. Dude, um, I'm, looking, I'm looking around in the background while you're talking. I can't fucking find it, but one of the coolest killers stories I've heard is uh, – this guy who picks me up in Vegas from the airport um, from Resorts World, he's a huge, like, local Vegas lifer, big music guy. He always, like, shoots a shit with me about, like, music and bands. He always asks me questions and shit. And uh, we were talking about the Killers one time, and he told me he used to go and watch them play this shithole dive bar look like off the strip middle of nowhere local hangout um when they were like nobody's coming up and since they've blown up like similar to springsteen and stone pony they go back there once a year and play like an unannounced show that's fucking awesome and it, it like spreads through town like whispers like yo i think i think this fucking thursdays when the killers are doing so i can't remember the name of the bar and i'm googling it and it's all las vegas murders coming up when i find out I'll, I'll i'll tell the story on on the sh- on here but can you imagine seeing them in like a 200 person like no. room dude they hang out they had a moment during the show last night because they were a nine-piece band last night they had That's sick. they had three different guitar players they had three backup singers they had the whole band um but for a song, they went back to an original four piece and Brandon Flowers played bass, which I thought was pretty fucking cool. That's um, but to watch, could you imagine going from being a fucking four piece to a nine piece and filling stadiums as opposed to that? I don't small even know band? how that works because I'm not a musician. Well, to be fair, <laughs> Foxtrot started as a three piece and we've grown to be an eight piece at times. So, like, I do know that feeling. But yeah, like, no, yeah. We'll talk I, about it. Well, I mean, for me, 
me and Kenny talk about this all the time on the show, but Kenny, his band always played with tracks. They always played with backing tracks and very like, I don't know, computerized elements to it that made it perfect. I've always hated that and I never wanted to do it. So my only option was if I wanted something, I had to add another person on the stage. Cause you like consider it cheating kind of right in a way I do, but it's also like, it's not my type of music. It would be weird for me to go out there and do some fucking would, like, would you call Kenny a sellout? Absolutely. Kenny's a piece of shit, dude. <laughs> Kenny was but the one who the hey, computer. Hold on, real quick on that. There is absolutely nothing wrong with being a sellout. Absolutely. Kenny, Kenny's in fucking Calabasas chilling. I'm in yeah. a row home in North. I'm in a in row home in Philly. Getting his entire fucking house remodeled. Yeah, he's so doing all right. That's like I feel like you're talking about pe- something. People in the industry are just totally like, yeah, no shit, and re- and like the casual fan is like, like Dave just said, that's cheating. So like, poor fucking Post Malone a few weeks ago oh, falls man. in that trap door, breaks yeah. his fucking ribs, and the first thing everyone's saying is like. Oh, they they were quick to cut his like lip syncing track. Like, no, that's not a lip syncing track. It's, a it's called track. a TV. It's yes. called a TV track. Like every show you go to, they fill in the shit that you hear on the record so that you're not listening to karaoke up there. Yeah, like, exactly. There's there's background vocal. If you were to just listen to that track, you would be like, what is this? Why is it like what, random what's... noises in this part and like random words in this yes. part? Yes. Like, it all comes together. It's called now we, track. we do what's called, we have uh, an SPD, which is a launch pad that our drummer Jimmy has that has, it's basically like a giant NPC that we can program noises into that if he hits it, it makes, like, if I do a random, they're, like. They're sick. I, yeah, I they're know fucking, all about them. They're DJs, launches. DJs, yeah, DJs use NPCs. Like. But so in some of our songs, like when we're going into a chorus, you can almost feel like there's this like suck kind of a sound that is basically uh, something played backwards that if it's not there, you don't get that energy to pop into the chorus. So yeah. we have those programmed into Jimmy's SPD. So if we're it's live, it's like a phaser effect. Yes, you it's can, all it you is. Can loop. You, you can fucking do tons of shit on it. But I don't have a problem with what Kenny did at all because everybody fucking does it. And when you're doing things at the level that AWOL Nation does them, you need to have that shit because that's what their records sound like. So I have no problem with that. Um, do I think it's corny when bands that are doing more Americana or more well, rock and you, roll yeah, shit? Yeah, right. Definitely. The whole point of us, what we do is to fucking do it live. So if I got to put eight people on stage to do it and make it sound cool, I will do it. I don't give a fuck. But no, I don't have a problem with that. Um, speaking of like bad live experiences, I want to know if anybody else saw this, but Rolling Loud, the 50th Rolling Loud of the year was this weekend in New York. Uh, but there was a lot of shit that was talked on the performances over the weekend. Did anybody see any of these? Because two of them went viral. All right. Full disclosure. I'm cool with uh, the kid who runs Rolling Loud. Great Fine. guy, great guy. I don't want to, I don't want to bash him, especially because we're trying to get in with them next year for yeah. Some I'm, stage and interview. I'm not, I'm not talking shit on Rolling Loud whatsoever. I know. So I want to, I want to preface that by saying that. But yeah, um, we were just talking about backing tracks and TV tracks. This was straight up lip syncing, and there's just some rappers that. You know, I want to talk to Chris about this because I know he's a big Eminem fan. There's mm-hmm. some rappers that you see live that overdo it and yeah. have 10 hype men up there, a DJ that's not a real DJ. Yep. 
um, sometimes bands that aren't really tight and rehearsed and it just sounds like noise and it's like, yeah. fuck, this sounds so fucking bad. Then there's guys that totally mail it in and are up there with a, a album track on it or just lip syncing. And it's very rare that you find someone in the middle. And that's what leads me to Eminem who just seeing him live is like an out of body experience. Yeah, he is, it's fucking wild. He is so fucking good. One of the best concerts I ever saw was him and Royce five, nine. They Ooh, did. Bad they did Dude, bad. I mean, that was, you talk about fucking unbelievable shows. That was yeah. unbelievable. What, 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 what year was that Dante? Do, what year was that? Do you remember? Dude, I don't know. It's longer than it's longer than it feels. Like if I looked it up right now, my jaw would hit the floor. Was it was it before the uh, hell like the Bad Meets Evil sequel? Like that they with the fast lane, like fast 20, lane, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it um, was okay because I, I know. Yeah, I think they, it was the year they dropped it. He he. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, headlined Lollapalooza. Yeah. Um. Well, no, I mean, just to just to uh, uh, jump in here, I think like. And I'm, I'm, I haven't been to like, yeah, I'm not going to claim 2011, dude. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was right after I remember, dude, that was, uh, oh my the, God, the, the summer after my freshman year of high school. That was that was my, my, my so long ago. um, but uh, no, I mean, I, I'm not going to claim to be a con- concert expert, but like, I've always been under the impression. I think a majority, and this is probably a generalization. I think a majority of rappers aren't great live performers like I, I think that rap is a genre that plays way better like w- you know w- with with the headphones in like whether it be like workout stuff or just yeah. just listening to it I think it's harder to put out a great rap concert now the thing about Eminem and the advantage that he has is he doesn't do a lot of concerts like yeah. he's not and maybe there was a time you know before you know when I was younger but I think for the most part he's not necessarily a like touring concert guy i think that he picks and chooses where he performs i remember my freshman year of high school right after recovery came out he did a show at comerica park mm-hmm. and i remember people telling me like this was amazing and i think that what his big thing is like you know a quality over quantity which is i'm, I'm gonna do a show at comerica and i'm gonna just like hit the ground running uh and i'm gonna kill it as opposed to i'm gonna go to you know, Detroit, then I'm going to go to St. Louis, then I'm going to go to Chicago. I think that there's wow, kind of blah, differing blah, yeah. opinions. Yeah. I think there's I, different opinions when it comes to that, but it seems like, I, you know, I, 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 I think that uh, we're in lockstep there. Cause I've heard that uh, in terms of his concert appearances, uh, I've heard nothing but good things. He's about. incredible live. We played a festival early in the day before him and I went to go see a set and I'm not going to lie. This might piss you off. I left it early. Yeah. I have a re I have a reason why Dante is actually a pretty cool reason. I had gotten word that there was a secret DJ set that night. Mike D from the Beastie Boys was doing a late night DJ set. Oh, that would have been, yeah. I left the, the Eminem one and it was me and like 30 dads who took their kids <laughs> to the festival. And I was directly in front of Mike D from the Beastie Boys. And it was the coolest moment did of my life. Did he actually do it? He did it, yeah. Dude, oh, it was like a two cool. hour DJ set. I was that's fucking- cool. How was he? Was he just playing songs? Dude, he would DJ and then a Beastie Boys song would come on and he would step out and with no backtrack, wrap it. Go back, spin. It was fucking fire. But here's the one thing I want to bring up about the entire the, the rap conversation. Because I've seen a lot of people saying, like, okay, rap concerts suck. The one thing, the, the one person who got the most shit was Playboy Cardi, who amongst, like, the fucking youth, the youths, he is God to them, right? And he I didn't... I don't get it. I do he, not get it. I do, because I, I kind of drink from the Cardi juice. Like, I like, I like Cardi. I do. Um, 
He didn't say a goddamn word the entire time. He just, <laughs> he just stood there on a fucking platform Music played. Yeah. And, and moshed out. It's punk rock. It is. It's, it's a new form and interpretation of a punk rock show. These kids beat the holy fuck out of each other at these shows, and they just mosh the fuck out. Cardi doesn't do anything but yell. And I actually, to me, it's kind of like, yo, if you guys, you know, old heads were like looking back at punk rock, if you fucked with that, you should fuck with Cardi or you're just old. You don't get it. It is kind of corny. doesn't fucking rap, but it's punk and I kind of dig it. So no shit, no shades of rolling loud. The one thing I will say is he jumped in the fucking crowd. Two different people crowd surfed him and ASAP Rocky both crowd surfed. They're rolling loud and they both got beat the fuck up by their own fans. And I thought it was one of the best tweets that I saw. All weekend was Cardi, and it was like a still shot of him in the crowd just looking like Thousand Yard Stare getting attacked by his fans. And it was like, at that moment, Cardi realized all his fans are weird and white. And it was like <laughs> the fucking perfect shot, dude. Dude, did uh, you see that? Did you see what ASAP said? Oh, my God. He said some girl was grabbing his bird. <laughs> he said, he goes, I've never had my nuts squeezed so hard in my life by so many people. Like, oh, how did I not bring this up, dude? Speaking of people that squeeze ASAP Rocky's nuts. The halftime show, the fucking Super Bowl halftime show, something beautiful happened. It's not Taylor Swift. It's yeah. Rihanna. I am so excited. I'm preemptively bonking myself because I love Rihanna. I am so excited. I, I think this means we get a new Rihanna album. I want to pass it down to Dave because I'm excited to hear Dave's opinion on a Rihanna halftime show. What do you think, buddy? It's going to be, I hope. I would know it. I wish we could. How, how can I word this correctly? I wish we could turn back the clocks like 15 years, but have all of her music still out because <laughs> yeah. that would be the most like seductive. Yes. Awesome. Yep. Sexually like <laughs> something halftime show of all time. Like, I'm not even talking about Gina Jackson or anything like that. Um, it would be like, holy fuck. This Wait, is even, awesome. Even more but sexually, I have a feeling. Even more What's sexually that? seductive than Adam Levine shirtless with all of his weird fucking Chipotle bag tattoos. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, but I have a feeling because of it being the year 2022, it's going to be dumbed down. But I, I'm excited for it. She's, I do like Rihanna. I like, I think Chuck Naso, I think it was Chuck Naso on, on Twitter said it best. Um, I like Taylor Swift music better, but for a Super Bowl halftime show, Rihanna, you pick 10 times out of 10. Yeah. Like she's got the bangers for that exact environment. You know, dude, she, yeah, good cast on I'm sorry. But no, no. And, and the fact is like, it's inevitable. Like Taylor Swift is going to do it at some point. Yeah. This isn't, they aren't blocking her from doing it. Where's the Super Bowl this year? Vegas, it's, baby. Uh, see, that's, a, I figured that if it was in a, a venue like Vegas, like, you know, new stadium, new ish, you know, the team's only been there a couple of years that that's the one. Cause from what I understand, the artist pays for the Super Bowl. Yes. It's not they're, like, they're, Hey, their label pays to have right. them play the Super Bowl. And it's millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Some she's, crazy. She's Rock Nation. They don't have a problem with that. That's, that's No, yeah. of course not. I mean, it's pennies. It's pennies to them. But I can see why artists would be like, fuck that. You pay me. It's in Arizona this year. It's in, I thought it was in Vegas next year. Sorry. I, I thought so, it was in Arizona because all the Philly sports talk radio was already talking about booking their tickets to Arizona. I don't know a single thing about Taylor Swift's actual personality. I know what's perceived. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if she tries to one up it next year in Vegas. That's going to be the first, Ooh, yeah. you know, yeah, first Super Bowl I think, in Vegas. I think she's, I think she's holding out, and um, I don't know, man. I saw, so I've, I've obviously seen like all her tours. Um, her '89 tour was 
fucking like from a entertainment standpoint was fun as hell. The, I love that album. I love that album love too. It. The 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 one after that was like pretty lame. Not gonna lie. Um, the Reputation one. She had like these big inflatable snakes, and it was just very like corny. Um, <laughs> also, the album wasn't that good. It was trash. It was well, hot she, trash. Yeah, she had back to back because what was what was the one that had um, me on it? Was that right after? Um, that was this past one. Uh, oh, was it? Oh, not the okay. past one. The one. It, it went 1989, then Reputation, then she did. Ever was it Evermore? Or no, she did those two over COVID. This was like before. Oh, Well, the the oh, reason why, and then ever, yeah. Well, yeah. the reason that she passed because apparently this was offered to her and she turned it down, was because mm-hmm. she won't do it until she's done recording, re-recording her first six albums. Oh, okay. Which, once again, I don't have a problem with. We've covered this ad nauseum on the podcast. Like, good for her. Fuck the man. Go get your bread. I just, I just want to know what year she's doing it so I can go fucking take a nap. That's all I need to know. It's not for me. I don't, I don't like Taylor Swift. I know. I don't like her. It's, uh, I don't know. I'm excited for Kelly Keegs is going to come for you. So is Feidelberg. They all are. I've had these conversations. No, Feidelberg said that he's like, not, I don't want to say out, but. I've my my obsession and love for her is definitely waned in the last few years. I used to be huge fan. Doesn't do shit for her. You see, it's one for for me. It's one of those weird things where like I, there are songs that Taylor Swift has made that I love that I adore, but it's one of those things where it's more of a respect thing than an admiration. Sure, where where I was in fifth or sixth grade when I first heard about Taylor Swift, and I'm Mm. 27 now. And it's like, she's just always been there. So regardless of like, regardless of how I feel about her music, like the longevity is something that I appreciate so much. And the fact that she is like, she's not slowing down. No, like when, and I don't know when it'll come, but like if the day ever comes where she's like, I don't want to make music anymore. Like that is such a huge part of my generation of music where it's like, even, even if there's songs you want to talk, dude, she's going to be like fucking playing Oh, like yeah. Bonnie oh, Raitt when totally. she's totally yeah. like yeah. earning acoustic. Shania Twain. Yeah. It's kind of like Shania, Shania Twain, Twain, where she's yeah. still out here oh, fucking killing it. She'll, no, way bigger. Like Stevie Nicks. Like yeah. she's yeah. she's that's that's a better example. Yeah, that's a yeah. really good example. Actually, the thing the thing that I respected and same thing, Chris. Like the thing that I always respected about her back when everybody hated her, now everybody like loves her, and yeah, I think it should have been the other way around. Yeah. Um, the thing I always respected about her was she can play like nine different instruments. Yeah. She, she used to write all her own music. Um, you know, she was in a shit fucking record deal when she came up. She got shelved and told no by a dozen different labels. And she just kept grinding and grinding and grinding and broke through. Till her dad cut and, like a ten million dollar check. Yeah, I mean she handled all her own marketing, all her own social media. Like she was like the real deal. She was not what she is now, which is this pop, right? Like fucking like machine now. Which you know she's friends with all these fucking weirdos in New York, and <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's just she's just done a one eighty. It seems like, and I mean she can do whatever the fuck she wants. Who cares what I think? But yeah. I just. uh I miss, I miss the old Taylor, like, big time. Do you miss the old Kanye? Yes. But here's the thing, though. She could flip that switch just as easily and go back. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. dude, well, honestly, I, mean, I, I kind of did with their last yeah. two albums anyways. That, that's bit. what I was about to say is I would argue she kind of did that with Folklore. It's one of those things where, I, again, it's it's that respect thing where 
I mean, that was like my era growing up where there was like this, this, this battle of, and I wouldn't categorize Taylor Swift in this category, but like of the Disney kids who were trying to all make albums where it was like, it was the Jonas brothers, the Demi Lovato's of the world and you had Selena Gomez. And the only one of that and and Taylor Swift got kind of lumped into with that. The only one that lasted is her. And the fact that she went on to not only like be clean, but you know, go beyond that and do music. That was like, I mean, you know, for like, when I'm yeah. when I'm 80, there's gonna be people that I, I remember who are like, dude, I, I have so many Taylor Swift albums. Yeah. yeah, do you remember when Demi Lovato said we can't call aliens aliens anymore? We have to call them extraterrestrials because it's yeah. insulting to aliens. Yeah, she's oh. a she's off the reservation. That, that was that was KFC did such a funny video about that where he oh it was 30 seconds of it being like, man, I love her. She's been through so much. She's, you know, she's a strong person. She's also batshit crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. She's the one who got mad at people in an ice cream store for putting ice cream in the store because she has an eating problem and she, she I love her. I fucking love her. I if you're Dude. gonna be crazy, go full crazy. Right. No, yeah, you gotta be if if you can't just be eight out of ten crazy, you gotta exactly. be out of ten crazy. Yeah. Dude, her and Tom yeah. DeLong should do a fucking co-alien show. I would fucking pay outrageous prices <laughs> to watch that. I think they would butt heads too much. She Tom DeLong is like a realist. She's like, yeah, she's an idealist. She thinks like aliens are like gonna be peaceful and like they're, you know, we, we're calling them aliens would set her off. Yeah, she, don't say aliens, dude. It's offensive. It's like, extraterrestrial. It's yeah, extraterrestrials. She's into like gender neutrality and all. I mean, I, they wouldn't get along. Well, yo, real, real quick, and this brings me to something that Dante wanted to talk about because we haven't done this in a very long time, but we, we brought up uh, Taylor Swift, which brought me to Jack Antonoff, which brings me to what the fuck I've been listening to. Now, Dante's been wanting to do this for a while, the what the fuck we've been listening to segment. We haven't done this in literally months. But the number one thing that I've been listening to recently is Jack Antonoff produced, and it's the new 1975 shit. Yeah, same. I have, a, I, have a, I have a blog dropping tomorrow. I think that this album is going to be album of the year. Oh my fucking god, dude! Just based off the three singles, it's like best music I've heard in a long, long time. Dude, Matt Healy is an unbelievable weirdo. I've heard he's a jerk off. <laughs> oh my god, there are very few bands on God's green earth that can shape shift and change genre and do different mm -hmm. things the way the 1975 does. And I have so much respect for him for that reason. So that's definitely number one on what the fuck that I've been listening to. Uh, Dante, you've been dying for this. Give me some of your shit. That's that was you you stole uh you stole it from me um, damn sorry <laughs> you know you know who else i've been listening to um he you're probably going to know who he was he was new to me because this song is just starting to catch on uh hold on i don't want to get his name wrong what the fuck go ahead i edit these I'm sorry. Someone else can go I'm looking at. Well, Chris, well, no, no, let, let me let me just th throw some out there about the 1975. Is that you know I'm not I'm not the music aficionado that you guys are, but there's certain. I have this weird like solid track record where the first time I hear a song, I I, I have it, I get it in my head that like this band is about to be massive. Mm -hmm. The first time I heard the sound by the 1975, I went, this band's gonna be huge, amazing, and and and, and like they're, you know. They're doing all right, yeah. but I thought like this is going to be like a massive like they're going to be they're going to be selling out Madison Square Garden one day. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not surprised to see you being like like so enthusiastic about you know what what they're making. Right if now. Matt Healy didn't love heroin so much, they would have probably taken over the world by now. 
Yeah, that Dude. hurts. Yeah. Yeah. That, Dude, that, he, yeah. So Minor I problem. Did, I did kind of a I did kind of a deep dive before I wrote this blog. Um, I didn't know what a Nazi he is about songwriting. He oh yeah. Is like, he is like no one else can fucking have any influence or input. Yep. It's all him. It's from his brain. He's written for everyone else on that label. Yep. And basically like force fed them songs. Like I wrote this song for you. You're going to fucking. You're That's Prince. That's Prince. I mean, he, he, he's nuts. He's so talented though. So talented. I found the, I found the, um, the group. Who? Cool. It is. And I, you're going to laugh. I just lost it. <laughs> Kill me dog. Hold on. It's called. You might have to pull this song. It's Andrew McMahon in the wilderness. Are you fucking kidding me? Andrew, so, do you know, do you know who Andrew McMahon is? I do. Listen, I kind of do because I put this song up and I was like, yo, this, this song, it's called stars. Yes. It's amazing. Song is amazing. His voice is awesome. I put it up and this girl I've known forever messaged me and, and goes, that's my husband's best friend. And I said, what? wait, what? And obviously I'm like, you gotta, you gotta link us up. I want to get him on our podcast. And she's like, I'll talk to him. Um, she's like, the song's doing really well. He's like starting to like blow up or whatever. I never dude, Tell me who he is. Cause I never heard of him. Andrew McMahon has been famous for like 25 years. He's been in two different bands that were huge. He was in a band called something corporate, which mm-hmm. was a never huge emo band. And then mm-hmm. he, he is Jack's mannequin. You know, Jack's mannequin. Wait, they yes, yeah. They have a song called the mixtape, la la la. I know, I, I know who they are, yes, but I and can't then he, like he has a huge think song about the music called Cecilia and the Satellite, uh, high dive. Dude, do a deep dive on Andrew McMahon. His story's incredible. Something corporate got huge. Then Jack's mannequin was about to start. He had like lymphoma. He was they thought he was gonna die. Really? And he beat cancer and then put out Jack's mannequin, exploded. And then took time off and came back as Andrew McMahon in the wilderness. And then the last like 10 years have been doing that. Dude, no shit. On, I would love to speak to him. He also has sinister. Those are the kind of stories can, that I love too. He can see sound. So I would love to speak to him about that. I love, I like him even more now. But yeah, I, I, I've been wanting to do this segment because I've been hearing some really good songs, that one included. Uh, I'm glad I brought it up because I didn't know anything about. Oh that. man, I thought he was. I thought he was new, brand new. No man, you got to. I'm going to throw him on as soon as I walk the dog tonight. Put on this. Okay. Put on the album "Everything in Transit" by Jack's Mannequin. It is one of the best albums of the mid 2000s. It's fucking crazy. Got it on vinyl. It's an unbelievable record. All right, I just pulled it up on Spotify. I'm favoring it right the now. Mix, the mixtape got big because I think it was on One Tree Hill. I think that's how that song got uh-huh. big. But he's yes, been around for that's that how long. I know it. That's how I know it. That's how I know it. Yeah, that's how it's been along for that, around for that long. But Big One Tree Hill fan, Dave. I, I mean, I got Dabble. four sisters, so I have to by default. And it's actually not a bad show at all. I want to talk about that show real quick because my fucking wife has been marathoning it. That show is asinine. There, first of all, Chad <laughs> Michael Murray is like forty-eight years old in that fucking show, and he's uh, seventeen the whole goddamn time playing basketball. Everyone's related. Everyone murders everybody or is <laughs> fucking someone. The one kid literally has wrinkles underneath his eyes, and apparently he's a seventeen-year-old with a baby and a fucking basketball scholarship. Get the fuck out of here. That's unrealistic. That, that, that was a well. That was a running theme in the early two thousands of high school shows that yeah. featured thirty-year-olds. The OC was like that. Dawson's um, Creek. 
Oh Josh my Dawson's God. Creek was huge. You had Katie Holmes who was in Batman Begins playing like a 30 year old while also like just coming off yeah. of Dawson's Creek. By the end of that finished. show, Vanderbeek's yeah. fucking hairline was taking a walk. Right. <laughs> like, well, dude, also, dude, that 70s show was like that yeah. too. Ashley Ash, Ash Kutcher was like, had two kids and a wife. He was married <laughs> to Demi Moore playing a high schooler by the time that show ended. <laughs> I don't even know how, uh, what's what's the curly haired guy in that show? What's his name? Oh, uh, he's. Yeah, Danny Danny, I don't know how Danny Meston had time to even film the show when he wasn't off being a fucking weirdo creep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's canceled. Before, prior, prior to prison, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, but real quick, I want to run down a couple more songs that I've been listening to. Uh, been deep into the new Logic album. I'm a really big fan of that record. Uh, Gang of Youths. If you guys don't know Gang of Youths, Australian band, very much in the vein of the Killers. It's got a very Springsteen, Heartlandish kind of a vibe. Really great record they just put out this year. Raylan Baxter, who I talked about last week, sent it to Dave. Raylan Baxter is one of my favorite artists alive right now. I actually think we might be doing a string of shows with him in November, which I'm pretty excited Ooh, about. Which I get into. Dude, we're getting back into shows, too. The whole ba- I love that. Look, jo- old Joey Bags, our president, old Joey Bag of Donuts, said the fucking pandemic's over, so we can get back to touring now. This is nice. Um, but uh, The Wonder Years just put out a new album. Shout out Philly. Uh, and Freddie Gibbs is dropping a new album on Friday. Saw that. Which, oh my god, I can't fucking wait. Triple S uh Freddie Gibbs is untouchable. I, I, think, I can't wait. I think Robbie just did an interview with Wonder Years. Probably he because I know Robbie's a huge Wonder Years fan. Which by the way, shouts out to Pop Punk. They're playing Ocean's Calling Festival this weekend. I know uh, so with sick. OAR. Are you uh are you guys gonna get any of the hurricane aftermath? Is it gonna fuck the weather up at all up there in Philly? Yeah, like on the don't get rain. Board. We'll get rain, but yeah, I, I'm more worried for those guys in South Carolina who are in Myrtle Beach doing a festival because they're gonna get dumped on. Yeah, that's what I'm they'll saying. Get dumped on, they'll be fine though. Yeah, they'll be all right. Remember uh Hurricane Katrina? We because it came through the Gulf straight north, like we mm-hmm. in Chicago got all the aftermath, and it was like a fucking monsoon, but obviously everybody we was got, fine. We got superstorm Sandy. Remember that? Yeah, uh that- my grandma lost almost Every ounce of her house. That was in She's Tom's, on the Jersey Tom, Shore. Tom's River, right? Yeah, Tom's River. Yeah. Dude, our base- their cars, their cars got fucking taken out to sea. So I swear to God, like I'm not embellishing. They literally are at the bottom of the ocean right now. Uh damn, fuck. That's crazy. Uh Dave, you got anything you've been listening to? Uh, it's a weird transition you, from your grandma's car floated away. You always pose this. I don't listen to I don't go out of my way to listen to specific songs often, like whatever artists I'm in. Um, have you heard of Giacomo Turo? No. He's this Italian dude. I, I mean, I discovered him on Instagram reels and I'm like, holy shit, this guy can fucking shred on a guitar and he'll just do the shit where he'll play every instrument, record it. And then in one Instagram reel, he'll have a live band playing, but it's just fire. But he also has abandoned shit and he's always backstage because I'll watch his stories and he'll be backstage with like Bruce Springsteen or whoever. Mm. Like, so, and I'm looking at his, his downloads right now. Uh, or plays on Spotify, like 80,000, 90,000. So not much, but he's really like, it's really, really like upbeat, funky jazz music. And this guy is methodical on a guitar. Is it kind I mean, of like I want to Corey, see, is it like Corey Wong? It's, it's very, very similar, but it's different styles. But yes, I, I yes. I, have I, I put, don't know how to put it. It's not, the music doesn't sound similar. But it's of the same vein. I have a perfect artist for you. Uh, look this guy up. His name is Tom Mish. M-I-S-C-H. He got famous for doing Instagram shit. Mm. 
and then wound up working. Yeah, this guy's with, got on Instagram like half a million followers. Yeah, bro, Tom Mish put out one of the best fucking records ever, like five years ago, and like did shit with John Mayer and Freddie Gibbs mm-hmm. and Yusef Days, and like, dude, Tom Mish, the shit, the shit. I'm telling you, you'll love him, Dave. Good, uh, Castellani. Anything you've been listening to recently? Um, well, I, I have a weird thing with music where I'm, I always go back like way, way, way in the past. So it's not, it's not anything new, but I actually ironically just posted about it. Um, one of the early albums and not that early, but that I remember from like my youth that I think, um, was another one of those like pieces of art where I'm like, I think this guy's going to pop and be crazy, like insanely uh, famous. Lupe Fiasco is the cool from Osama. Oh, it, yes. It, uh, that was, and, and not to say, again, it's one of those things where like Lupe's not slumming it, you know, but I, I just remember that like that was one of those albums when it dropped. You're like, man, this guy, this guy ruled. And dude, I thought he was going to be like Kanye Big. For Chicago yeah. guys, he I was, thought, dude, he was. He for, was for, for, for a minute, album. he was. Those yeah. 2010s, man. Yeah. I mean, he was, uh, nah, I, I wouldn't say the whole 2010s. I would say for like a four or five year stretch, maybe. Well, the, the late 2000s into the early 2010s. It's like, yeah. yeah up until, 20, up until Lasers. 2012. Up yeah. until Lasers. When Lasers came out and everybody was like, he fucking sold out. And then he was like, I didn't want to put this fucking record out. My label wanted me mm. to. And then after yeah. that, he went. He went back underground, and he he's just can- very. Uh, he's very off the reservation now. I've I I um heard that I hung nice. out with him a few times. He's friends with um, Barber. He's yeah. Well, he's really tight with him, but he's friends with this kid George I know, um, in Chicago, and he's one of the coolest, smartest, yeah, just unique brains there is, but he's kind of nuts on social media. Well, so I, yeah. I learned, I learned something very interesting about him from Andrew Barber. Lupe Fiasco had a deal with Rockefeller before Kanye did. Really? really? Wow. And, wow. And, and he turned it down because he wanted to own his own label, hmm. which is why if you look at his first record, is Food and Liquor the first record? And yeah. The Cool was the second. Thanks Food and Liquor, Jay-Z is listed as an executive producer, and he's featured on Pressure. But he didn't want to be signed. He wanted 1st and 15th to be his fucking label. He didn't want to be signed, but he, Jay-Z respected him so much that he still put it down as an executive producer and then did a feature on the record. I didn't fucking know that he got an offer before Kanye. That's such a fucking Lupe, like brain move like no nah, thanks but no thanks i'm, I'm gonna do this on my own like, like you know i'm jay-z right like you know i just dropped the black album. kanye's like killing himself over getting a deal like that and lupe gets one and is like ah, i'm all set that's <laughs> which hilarious is, which is funny which makes me actually laugh because the song touched this guy he has that bar in there where he says yeah. i was having nervous breakdowns like man these people are that much better than me who's featured on that song Lupe. I yeah. wonder if that's like a weird like background thing where he was like throwing a little bit of subliminal shot. Um, Dude, it, it that when you ask me, do I miss a little Kanye? Like that's that's the shit I miss is like his click, like the guys he was so fucking tight with coming up, like Lupe, Rhymefest, Wista, Rhymefest, Consequence, Ooh. like all these fucking guys that were like on a rocket ship to the moon. That he's just totally turned his back on when he went Hollywood. That sucks, man. That that's the stuff I miss. Like those records they were all making together. So good. Do you remember the guy on the second album that everybody thought he Kanye thought was going to be the guy It's the song. Uh, it's him, Nas and a guy named really Doe. There's a song. Uh, what's that fucking song called? There's a song off uh, the 
late registration where the guy named Really Doe, who Kanye he said in a couple songs, like Really Doe up next, and he never did fucking anything. He got the alley from Kanye, and just never even. Bro, there I've got a I've got an old Kanye mixtape from when I was in college. Um, it's like a it's just some Chicago DJ put it out. It's just all like Kanye bootlegs, like features. Uh, oh, fuck yeah. He's got so many songs with this is around the time like he was doing like Slum Village stuff. He's got this song with this guy, this albino black guy. Is it Brother Ali? White Boy is his name. <laughs> it is one, it's still one of the best fucking Kanye songs. Hmm. He produced it, he raps on it. It is a banger, fucking banger. Dude, the and shit that like, he was no, doing with Slum Village was incredible. Oh, Selfish? Dude, unbelievable. Like, Ugh. those records he produced back in the day, like, unbelievable. We don't like, really, we haven't nerded out like this in a while. This is nice. Uh, it's been good, uh, man. Chris, Chris is a great guest. Chris is thank a great you. guest. Thank you, guys. Colin, I just looked up. Was it We Major, the name of Yes, the, We Major. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Google. All no. really do does, he just, go, he just does the hook, and it's, it's not even good. I don't know why Kanye thought that was the guy. But <laughs> There, I did pose this question on Twitter not long ago. Like, who had the greatest industry alley oop that they just missed? And really, there was probably on there. There is that's a good fucking topic for a conversation. Like, there's been that some is, guys that have yeah. been put in situations that's like fucking crazy. Memphis Bleak. Bleak can be uh, one hit away was, his whole career, but as long as was, Jay's alive, he's he was hot. He was hot for a while. He's the fucking man. Uh, Beanie Siegel probably still would say there's so many of those rock guys. That's Thank a guy you. I wonder what the hell happened. Uh, how about like, uh, I can't say this because I know he's friends with Barbara, but like Rocky Fresh was in the MMG crew. Where did Rocky go? I don't know. I don't We'll We'll do a whole episode. I could do a we whole episode. We should do it, yeah. Um, before we get out of here, because I know we're pressed for time a little bit, it's been a fucking outstanding conversation. Let's do a little bit of on the list, off the list. Uh, Chris, have you been explained what on the list, off the list is? I, I, I have not, but uh, if you could, I'd appreciate it. Simple explanation for new listeners. Uh, on the list is something that you liked this week. It doesn't have to be music related. It's more of a pop culture thing. Off the list, something you didn't like. Uh, like, I'll give you my off the list, for example. Uh, it's gun violence in the city of Philadelphia is my off the list because there was a fucking shooting mm-hmm. of five high school kids at football practice behind my house yesterday. Literally kids leaving high school football practice in Roxborough in Philadelphia, five of them shot by five dudes who jumped out of a car. Wow. I don't know what the fuck is going on with my city. And I love this place to death, like to the death. I love this fucking city, but I wasn't home. My wife was home and there's a shooting in my backyard. Nah, something's wrong. That's my off the list. I know that's probably a fucking heavy topic. Start that off in an explanation to Chris. Uh, no, it's all good. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll keep it. Oh, uh, you know, that's obviously really Chris is important. like, also my off the list is gun violence in Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> no, just, just missed it on uh, my on list as uh, and this will probably be a surprise to nobody who, who uh, follows my content. Detroit Tigers, new president of baseball ops, Scott Harris. Um, oh yeah. I saw great that guy. Great guy, Chris. That's man. That's what I've heard. I'm so excited. I think that he's going to do an amazing job and I want, I want good things to happen to Detroit. I want good things to happen to the Detroit Tigers. My off list is that for the first time in my 27 years in this life, I am out on Star Wars. I, I, I'm oh, just, uh, do you fir- not like I, Andor? I, I just don't care. 
I, I just don't care anymore. I, I, you, I, I, you blend in in this podcast well, Chris, because that's like a theme of ours. Wait, wait, wait. Just don't what, care. What happened? What happened? Andor sucks. I just don't give a shit. That's the I realize I love Mandalorian. I think yes. Mando is legitimately a really good show. I made a whole it's video awesome. about this today. A Mandalorian is a good show. I think it is the exception and not the rule to modern Star Wars. I think Agreed. it's the one thing that John Favreau and Dave Filoni got really right. I think beyond that, it is a watered down, diluted product that means that means nothing uh, compared to what it used to mean uh, back in the day. So that's my off list at this point, and I know. The fans of Lights, Camera, Barstool are going to rip my head off when, when we talk about it on their show, and that's fine. They're welcome to have their opinions, but that's my off list right now. Just not my vibe, man. Just not my vibe. Cast on it. Are you a Marvel guy? I am, yeah. I mean, but okay, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I've been critical of recent stuff, but yeah. Okay, I, I yeah. Are you, are you out on Marvel too? It t- I have a way longer leash because they had an 11-year run where yeah. I'm like, dude, even if it wasn't perfect, I will rewatch those movies over and over. Like, that was such a key piece of my life. Yep. Um, I think I, I take it on a case by case basis. I'm not a big fan of the television stuff. Nope. I do. I do think Black Panther Wakanda Forever is going to be really good. Did so you hear that, the runtime? Yeah, which I'm not crazy about, but considering the circumstances, I'm like, all right, dude, what you gonna? Do? Yeah, you got to do. Mean, what you that do. is that is the biggest like we got to work around this you know thing ever. I am I am so out on the TV shows. I think She Hulk is dog shit. It's fucking oh, terrible. It's so bad. Good. It's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think I I had this I've had convos like this with Dave and, and Chief like re- relating to like just this weird time we're in with COVID and everything and I think we're gonna look back in twenty years and be like what the fuck were what the fuck was wrong with us what were we thinking Do you think in terms of this whole like gender thing and all that like we're gonna look back on shows like that where they just like force something that bad and we're gonna be like what the fuck was like, have what was ever, going on back then? There's got to be a breaking point. Have you yeah. ever seen the Shane Gillis joke about Ocean's 8? You remember Ocean's 8 that came out? He's like, that movie should have been fucking three minutes long. He's like, they could have just walked in and blown the security guard and he would have been like, here's the code to the safe. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, dude, it's... Well, you, uh, yes. you, know what, you know what I think it is, Dante? That's a really good point you bring up, is that I think that there, it comes from a genuine place. For and sure. I remember, there was a whole video I watched... Uh, that somebody made that said like back in the late nineties, every movie that featured gay characters sucked because they didn't know how to write them. That's mm. changed now. Like, I think we're reaching that weird in between where there's this genuine hope that we want to, we want to transition to a point where like feminism is, is important and diversity is important. And every so often you'll hit with it. Like black Panther is a very important, like that was a yeah. watershed movie for people. But I think that when you look at something like she Hulk and it's like, this is written by people who really mean well, but they're just missing the mark so badly. And it's like, it's, I, I disagree. I don't think they mean well. I think that they want I people to think that they mean well. I, I, which, okay. is, which is like yeah. worse in my opinion. Well, what well, okay. The, the, the best, the, like, I mean, I could uh, be wrong. A lot of people said that like they liked, I, I brought this movie barely, but Top Gun too, because the, the female fighter pilot in there, was a fucking badass and nobody even thought twice about it because she right. just was a great fucking character. And it, it was natural. It wasn't forced. Yep. Yes. And it did. And the movie didn't go out of her way to make her a superhero either. She was just a character with flaws that did, you know, that she did certain like things. anybody like else. Yeah. And, and the movie ended with, you know, like, you know, spoiler alert, but like hangman saving the day at the end. It's like nothing about, I, I really do think a big reason for that movie's success is totally apolitical. 
there was nothing about it that was like, okay, this is there's no forced messaging in that film. And I think it's why it's one of the biggest. Do you movies. know what? Do you know why I think that right now movies people are so fucking tired of them? I think Hollywood's always like three years behind. So oh. like they're putting these movies out now oh. that in like 2019, like when all that shit was crazy big and people weren't tired of it, yeah. they started developing these movies. So now mm-hmm. they're putting out movies with the sensibilities when well, people weren't tired of it. Well, now they're they're, like, literally, they're literally filmed years ago. I mean, they take forever to yeah. edit and produce and all that. So they are literally behind. But yeah, I mean, in terms of like the forced messaging and all that, like I loved, I fucking loved Top Gun too. But one okay. thing that irked me about it was how they went out of their way not to name name the opponent enemy yeah. because. Again, Hollywood is so fucking afraid of offending anybody. And, you know, oh, my God, we can't offend China. We can't offend Russia. We can't offend North Korea. So it's like, who the fuck? Who are they fighting? They don't mention it once the whole movie. They should have been fighting the Confederate South. That would have been banging. It was an unnamed (laughs) enemy, but it was so clearly Iran. Oh, dude, yes. Yeah. And and, and that's what's wrong with saying that. That's a bad country. Well, I mean, I, I it's it was a weird thing, but it's some, one thing. You, one thing you brought up, Colin, by the way, about like you know they're like three, you know, or and, and it got, you guys both talked about it, how they're like three years behind. What's funny about Top Gun Maverick is it was three years behind. Oh yeah, got delayed because of COVID. Yep. So maybe that movie, the delay for that movie ended up working. Like it, it was like a positive backfire where it ended up yeah, working yeah. out really well that it was shot like 2018, 2019. Like Miles Teller was waiting for three years, being like, all right. Big break's coming. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's let's get this thing out. Oh, yeah. My God. Um, yo, my on the list though, because I know we got to get to one more or two more. Uh, Abbott Elementary. If anybody hasn't watched Abbott Elementary yet, Heard good things. It's fucking awesome, and this is not just because it's a Philly show. That show is written really, really fucking well, and uh, Quinta Brunson, who's the creator and shit, it feels a lot like The Office. Uh, my favorite part of the show is there's uh one white teacher who's like a uh a yuppie transplant from like the suburbs. who's like trying to save the school. They fucking hate his guts and they write him like such a pussy. And it makes me so happy because that's exactly what I wanted to say. It's so fucking funny. It's such a good show. And Zach Fox, uh, NBC, I think. NBC, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it just won the Emmy for best comedy. All yeah. right. I'll give it a, I'll give it's it a whirl. Really well done, dude. It's really fucking well done. All so, right. um, Dante, you're on the list. I didn't do my off the list actually. And oh, I like your off the list more actually. I don't think I don't think Dave did his either. Well, let's go no, off the I list haven't for done it either. I was gonna say uh, I'm halfway through the Dahmer doc. That's on my list. It's awesome. Is it uh, good? It's very good. It's very I, disturbing. Obviously, I I couldn't make it through the first episode. I was too creeped out. It's it's. I mean, that's how you know it's great yeah. because the creep vibes. It's it's. I don't like fake blood. Like Game of Thrones, even like I don't like that kind of shit. But like Game of Thrones is incredible, so I deal with it. Right. This is obviously acting, but it's real life shit, and that's he what eats people, me. right? He eats people and fucks their dead bodies. Yes, um, dude. Oh. It's not even that, Dave. It was the tension that leads up, dude. That first that was episode I was like I can't watch this before was that. nonstop cringeworthy, but the <laughs> acting was superb. Yeah, it, that- hit, it hit. That's what it was supposed to do. Was evoke that emotion that? and it kills it but i didn't know because i i never watched american horror story yep evan peters have you guys seen the movie never back down yeah it's i love a, never back down that movie holy fucking, fuck is he the fucking fat nerd yes yes, yes. wait yes. no wait, really yes. dude, he's, he's, he's michael scott's nephew luke 
I do, I, do, I, do, I do that. I never watch an Officer American Horror Story or X Men. I've never seen any of the other big things he's in. So I'm like, Dude, who the fuck the is this guy? Nerd. This guy's an awesome actor. Yes, I mean, he is really. No, good. I'm pretty sure that he's also that movie's gay. horrible, but I fucking love it. By the way, Back Down is awesome. I'm pretty sure it's he's horrifically sure bad, he's, but it's great. Yo, I'm pretty sure he's banging the hot chick in American Horror Story too. Which one? What's his name's daughter? Um. Eric, what the fuck's his name? Roberts? Emma Roberts? Emma Roberts. Shut the are, fuck yeah, up. Yeah, I think they've Listen, been dating. He was, he was hooking I up with Halsey. dating for years. He was he dating was Halsey? He was hooking up with Halsey for a minute. Damn, this kid's slinging pipe. Dude. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a, a little he's fat a great kid actor, that gets though. his he's ass awesome. kicked. Yeah. So, that wow. show, I'm, I'm through five episodes now. He's like right in the midst of his whole, because it was like a 15-year, it was from 78 to... Uh, Nine, 1991 I want to say I Dante do you remember him because you're older than us I don't I don't remember him he was just before like I remember anything because he got arrested and killed in 91 and then 90 he was killed in 92 in prison spoiler oh Dahmer Dahmer yeah no no no, no. I I just remembered hearing about him he's had this resurgence in the last few years it's the true crime genre and yeah. obviously yeah. he's gonna be a forefront of that they had the I, Gacy and Ted so- Bundy things too I, I've talked about this on this show before. I don't like, uh, I don't think they're glorifying these people, but I don't like putting this stuff out into the world because I think it gives psychos yeah. inspiration. Yeah. And that, like, I mean, they're, they're going to make a buck on that no matter what. So it's never going to stop, but I'd agree, but it's just, there's no like, point in like, trying to like, again, all of does- us, all of us here get that. It's like, it's for fucking entertainment it's to get your fucking adrenaline going. And like, so we can sit around and talk about how fucked up it is. There's people that are like watching that. They're like, oh my God, they're, they're making docu, they're making shows on this guy that are number one on Netflix, like 30 years after he died. Like I can be famous like this. Like part of me that, does believe me out. part of me does believe that if you were going to eat someone and then fuck their dead body, you were probably going to do that regardless of the genre. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I feel like the wheels were probably spinning long before but that. But it's, I'm, I'm halfway through it. Um, They're long and you can only handle so much, but it's, I think it's fantastic. And if you can go into it, knowing that you're going to feel very, very creeped out and disgusted, you'll love it. Word. I, I actually want to give that a watch. The, My, um, I have, I have, two now off my list one relating to what dave just brought up there are there's a movement now people pissed off at katie perry because of juicy j's lyrics in um extraterrestrial in dark, oh, dark horse. horse dark horse yeah <laughs> oh yeah so out like right. jeffrey john jeffrey dahmer people are now digging that up isn't that song like 10 years old by the way it is no that yeah, was i was a, i was a senior in high school that was Late 2013, early 2014. Can you repeat the lyrics in total? Like, uh, just look directly in the camera and, and repeat exactly what he said. Can I get canceled, dude? Let's go. Castellani, dude, give us, give us a remake. <laughs> I, 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 oh, oh, that that'll be my next music video. My the, the first cancelable music video. Hell of the yeah. era will you be. will just stir up controversy because I saw it all over Instagram and TikTok today. That song was a smash hit. It oh, was dude. number one for like 10 weeks. The, like, fact really... pe- the fact people are trying to retroactively cancel songs, like, is... Dude, the only you. person you can do that to is R. Kelly. 
Right. <laughs> well, not because of the lyrics, even. I mean, the lyrics are pretty fucking creepy. Now, <laughs> in retrospect. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah. Isn't, isn't, uh, there tru- isn't there truth, though? I'm sorry to cut you off. Isn't there truth, though, that, like, he doesn't make money off of his music or something? Like, he did some dumb deal. He probably sold with- his publishing. Right, yeah, where where he like because I remember there was this whole thing like after like you know it was like proven that he was an idiot and a pervert that where people were like it's okay to listen to his music because he's not making money off of it anymore. Oh, I have to, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to dig that up and see if I could find it. But I remember that was a story like he was so stupid in terms of selling his rights that he's like not not even making money. R. Kelly could light my mom on fire in front of me, and if the World's Greatest came on, I'd probably still listen to at least half of it. So it's tough, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting to get canceled for my video with him at the club singing. Uh, oh, you're an accessory. So you're an accessory. Singing. You were uh, an enabler. Singing bump and grind. Well, bump and uh, grind. That was it. Yeah. Well, I was DJing. Damn. We'll how do see. we get? All right. So what, uh, what was your other off the list? Giselle off the fucking list. I am so sick of her. I've thought about writing about this a few times, but I know. I won't get uh, that. Nate, won't get I know. I know Nate will message me and be like, "This is misogynistic. We can't post this. We we already get too many complaints about that." Listen, <laughs> yo, you are married yo. to you are married to behind Michael Jordan, the greatest American athlete of all time, the greatest champion behind Bill Russell of all time. And one of the most upstanding just men and human beings in general. Child kisser. And you're sitting here crying with $500 million in the bank, four fucking palaces in the U.S., who knows how many outside the U.S., and an army of nannies and assistants and all this other shit. You're sitting here crying that your husband has to work 18 weekends a fucking year and hasn't been involved in your life and you've taken a bit give me a fucking break you have not taken a back seat it's fucking bananas what she's putting tom brady through and we're seeing it he sucked is that why he looks like fucking skeletor no he looks he looks great he looks younger than he did oh, 20 you years are ago. such a fucking weenie he looks dude. amazing uh we can all only pray to look that good at his age but He's, he's mentally in shambles because she's doing what women do, which is guilt trip the fuck out of men for no reason <laughs> and twist the knife continually. And she's going to get her own way. He's going to fucking hang it up at the end of the season. And then you know what? He's going to drive her fucking crazy being around the house all the time. She's going to be like, I can't deal. Oh my God. He's fucking everywhere. Like, just give me my space. I can't fucking deal with this anymore. And then she's going to bitch about that. And they're probably going to still end up getting divorced. And we're going to lose out on two or three more years and probably two or three more Super Bowls. He's like that. 90. Let him go home. Dude, he almost, he won MVP last year. He should have won MVP. Yeah, well, we got Jalen Hurts. So there's your MVP. We got Justin Fields. How's that going for you, Dave? He it's stinks. bad. Yeah. Well, he's an Ohio State quarterback. What do you expect? Well, it's, I think it's more the Bears. But yeah, they're a yeah. trash organization. Yeah. They are. E- e- Eagles look fucking great, man. I yeah. know, dude. We, we we lost in week one, and I remember thinking, like, there's I, I couldn't tell if it was just our secondary being Swiss cheese or if you guys are really good. No, you guys are really good. I mean, that, that's uh, some, 
in so explosive what, offense. Yeah. You know what's you know what's nuts is they are loaded in the draft next year too. We have the sixth overall pick right now because of the Saints. Dude, they're wow. set up. They're set up like they're set up to get even better in the next few years. So Dude, that that's like what's scary. We got AJ Brown and Devontae Smith locked in for four more years. We're just gonna have to pay Jalen Hurts. Somebody yeah. talk me off the ledge. Don't make me book my ticket to Arizona, dude. Don't let me no, do it. You don't have to worry about that. Hey, the last time the Philly or the the Phillies, the Eagles won it all. Super Bowl was in Arizona. Wait, yeah. no, it wasn't. It was, it was in Minnesota. 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 Never mind. Never mind. It was, I was out there. My dick off. It was. Uh, it was waste man. It's always waste management weekend, and I was out there for. I was in Scottsdale that weekend, and there was a million fucking uh, eagle. I keep wanting to say Phillies Eagles fans out there, and they were like all having the time of their lives. I but was it was waste management. That's why I was laying in the middle of the street at the corner of 18th and Washington in South Philly, just crying till a homeless dude picked me up. Oh God! Long story. Day, don't we? You you won like fucking six Super Bowls, seven, because you're following Brady everywhere. Relax. I get one. I have one nice thing in my life. True. One. I mean, Chris, what do you got? You got you the got, 04? Fuck that. I, I got, I got that. the you o, got, I got the O for me and my fandom. I got the O four Pistons. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. So when the well, Tigers win the world, the greatest piece of content I'll ever make is when the Tiger, if if the Tigers ever win the World Series. That that'll dude, be. That's I a week long bender. Yeah. Dude, I still can't believe that year they got swept by the Giants. Like. Mm. They were, I mean, that pitching staff. Yeah. Maybe the greatest of all time. It, you Berlander, know, you know Scherzer. Yeah. You know what's weird though? We saw young winners on that team. Yeah. The next Porcello. year. Porcello, yeah. The next year bothered me more when the big poppy grand slam in the ALCS. Uh, that team to me was way better. Um, because that was the year it was sure that rotation was Scherzer, Verlander, Anibal Sanchez when he won the ERA title. Right. Doug, Doug Fister and coming out of your Hell bank, of a name. Yeah, yeah. Fister, I hardly know her, but um, <laughs> but and then coming out of the bullpen was Rick Porcello as your five starter. Wow, that one, that one bothers me more than because the the Giants were legitimately good that year with a great pitching staff, but that 2013 team, not to say the Red Sox are bad, that one still haunts me. That team was that was the best Tigers team ever, and they lost. Bounce. Yeah, let's go. I mean, dude, that, that, uh, for me, uh, that I, I have those moments with the Phillies, but we're, we're, we're fucking out of time here. We Honestly, this was a great episode. I'm so fucking – Castellani, you're allowed back on whenever, dude. Thank but, you, guys. I appreciate it. Whenever the fuck awesome. you feel like coming through, this was great. Um, me and Dante have something big to announce. Maybe, maybe next week we'll be able to talk about it. Yeah, let's do it next week. Next week, we were supposed to have a giant fucking guest interview tomorrow who just rescheduled, and they will rename, remain nameless right now. Yes, I know. It fucking pisses me off. Fuck. Yes. Damn it. This is how you remind me of what I really am. Motherfuckers. We, <laughs> we'll get to it later. But we do have uh, Marty Schwartz in the, in, the, in the kitty coming up. Yeah, very excited about that one. We have a lot. Of, I have a lot of big motherfucking guests. Chris, you know who Marty now. Schwartz is? Yeah. Yep. So Marty Schwartz is coming through. He's going to teach Dave how to play the guitar. I think that's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it up. Um, but a lot of guests, something big that we're going to be announcing, new things on the horizon. Uh, everybody go check out everything Castellani has going on. We'll be back again early next week. Dave, you're doing a great job. Uh, anything else from you guys? Thanks for having me. Thanks for Love coming you, on, bro. Yo, I'm going to send you that new song, and I want to see you lip sync it to it, shirtless with Dave. Um, Sounds good. Fucking love you guys. We'll see you next week. All right, fellas.